if all God had was a message about some teaching about how to love, he could have given that to one of the prophets. What we need is not one more class, one more course to take, more laws and regulations to force you to behave. It won't help. Just a teacher, just more laws, it's not going to turn us into loving people. From Wrestling with God Productions, this is Life Lessons from Jesus and the Church He Founded. the podcast where we explore the history and traditions of the church Jesus founded in order to understand God's purpose for creating us and his intentions for our lives. I'm your host, Irish McMahon. Our guide for the journey is a guy who loves studying the history of religion. He's Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. In this episode, Father Len dives into the reasons God took on human flesh and became one of us in order to establish a different religion, and why the religion at the time wasn't working so well. Here's Father Len. Years ago, I was teaching this RCA class. It's a class to become Catholic, and there's a woman, she had been coming to the Catholic Church. She loved the church. I'm teaching a class on Jesus, and it gets to the point about the incarnation. So I'm explaining the incarnation, and her just her expression, I just loved. And she said, wait, wait a minute, I have a question. Are you saying Jesus was God? And I said, no, I'm saying Jesus is God. And she said, well, I've never heard that before. <laughs> so I said, well... What do you think Christmas celebrates? And she says, I don't know, that he was just a great teacher of love. (laughs) And I said, really? Okay, I said, here's the problem. If all God had was a message about some teaching about how to love, he could have given that to one of the prophets. You know, what we need is not one more class on how to teach, one more course to take, more laws and regulations to force you to behave. It won't help. One more self-help book is not going to really change us that much. Now, in fact, did you know, do you know who's most likely to buy a self-help book? Somebody who's already bought 10 other self-help books. Seriously, so just a teacher, just more laws, it's not going to turn us into loving people. And so what we celebrate is... Yes, after centuries of God teaching us a religious language, God takes on human flesh so that we can become one with God. That's what the incarnation is, God taking on human flesh. So what Christmas celebrates is God became one of us. The love that created the universe becomes one of us so that we can become more loving. So Christ's coming is not about us becoming a better religion. It's about us becoming a different religion. With Christ in us, we can change. So so think about this. Who can keep the standards of God? If God's standards are unconditional forgiveness, absolute universal love, well, who can do that? No one. Only God can keep that standard. So 
Who can live the life of Christ but Christ? So God takes on human flesh, and so there's only one way to live that life, and that is to let Christ live in us. And so God takes on human form, Christ, to not only teach us the way of love, but if you notice in the crucifixion and resurrection, uh, Christ becomes in us. With the power of Christ, yeah, I can love. I can learn to love unconditionally. If it's just up to me and rules and regulations, you know, I can't go to Costco without getting road rage. So, like, but, like, seriously, Costco, I do pray that Christ takes over, that I am gentle with people. So, with the power of Christ, I really think, yeah, who can live the standards of God? Well, we can. So we don't need another teaching on love. It won't work. What we need is love to take on human flesh. That's what Christ did. And what we're praying at Christmas time is not just to remember Christ did do that, but we're the manger. That Christ takes on our human flesh and works through us. Because what we don't need is just more teaching, more rules and regulations. And if you doubt that, look at the Christmas story. Look at the Christmas story where Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. And when they go to Bethlehem, it says in English, which, by the way, this is not what it says in Greek. In, in English, it says there is no place for them in the inn. Now, Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, it was a wide spot in the road. It was a tiny little place. They didn't have hotels back there. And the worst part is, so there's no hotels. What it says in Greek is... There is no place of hospitality. It's not talking about a hotel. It's not talking about a spare bedroom. It's talking about the human heart. So Mary and Joseph show up to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, this tiny little town, it says is Joseph's hometown. That's his ancestral town, this tiny little place. All these people in Bethlehem, they would have had some sort of relationship to Joseph. It's kind of like going to Cottonwood, Idaho. If you ever go to Cottonwood, Idaho, they're all related. Somehow, they're all distant cousins. Swear to God, it's true. And Bethlehem is even tinier. Joseph would have been related to all those people. So here's the question. Joseph and Mary show up. She's in need of medical attention. None of his family opened the door. Why is that? reason why is because, yes, they're religious, but their idea of religion is you keep the rules, and if something, you break the rules, we disown you. You're a disgrace, and we turn our backs on you. So, if you remember, Mary gets pregnant before the final act of marriage, but being pregnant before, that means she should be stoned to death. So, there's something wrong there. So, all his relatives... They refuse to open the door. And I can't tell you how many times, annoyingly, I've met supposed Christians who, because they're so religious and you broke the rules, I disown you, I turn my back on you. And then they call themselves religious. No, you're exactly like the people of Bethlehem. You turned your back. You didn't show love or forgiveness. You turned your back. So just a religion about we. We need a teacher who's going to teach us rules. Uh, we're back to Bethlehem. It doesn't create any love in the world. We need Christ in us. So God takes on human flesh 
so that we have the power of love and forgiveness and community. And then if you notice, and I do like this, so it says there's no place of hospitality. Then Christ teaches love, forgiveness. But the teaching is not enough. The death and resurrection, he lives and breathes in us. In baptism, we become one with Christ. In the Eucharist, we come back week after week to feed on the love and life of Christ. So Christ's power in us grows more and more and more. That's what humanity needed. Not one more self-help book or rules and regulations. We need Christ to live in us. So Christmas celebrates, yes, God who created the universe became one with us. And together, we're, we're the ones who Christ working through us brings peace on earth. And there's a story I like at Christmas time. So this is actually a very old Spanish story that comes from Spain. And, and I love the story about Grandmother Spider. It's a great story. Grandmother Spider is this. When Christ was to be born, all the animals knew God takes on human flesh not for the animals. God does it for human beings that we can become better. So all the animals knew that the light was going to take on human form. So all the animals streamed to Bethlehem. And Grandmother Spider said that, yeah, she was going to go, but she was busy just getting her web perfect and she got distracted trying to be absolutely perfect and all the animals come streaming back and it's morning and they say to grandmother spider you missed it the light of creation took on human form it was so beautiful you missed it oh she was so depressed she crawls in the back of her cave and refused to come out but then one night this young family comes into her cave and they're scared and she hears the cry down from the town below of mothers crying the worst sound and she hears the sound of soldiers and she knows those soldiers are looking for this little family so she gets to work and she starts to build this web over the entrance of the cave she doesn't care how it looks she's swinging from one side to the other and so when the soldiers come there's a web over the entrance of the cave. So they think, oh, well, nobody could be hiding in there. The web is undisturbed. And so when the soldiers pass on, the father takes the web and he gathers it together in a ball and he gives it to the infant to play with. And Grandmother Spider says, I realize I had to stay with this family to protect them. So she tucked herself into the ball. It's just, they traveled south, very long ways to a foreign country. And there, every morning, the beautiful lady would look out the window. And in the morning, she would cry for the loss of the children and had to flee their country. So Grandmother Spider would create a spider web in the windowsill that would pick up the light. And as a spider web would glisten in the sun, the beautiful lady would remember that the light is with her. So Grandmother Spider would tell her grandchildren this story, and she'd say, the light is among us. We must weave a web of light over the world to protect all life. And I like that story. 
I like this story because we're the grandchildren spider. We have the light of creation, Christ in us. And together, we're supposed to weave this web of light and love that protects everybody's life. Christmas celebrates that God took on flesh. The light, love that created the universe takes on human flesh so that we can form this web of love. And just like in the Christmas story, there's a lot of symbols to it that I really love. Like one is the swaddling where it says Mary swaddled the infant. The shepherds are supposed to look for this child who's been swaddled. What that means is this, just Bible study. In Ezekiel, it says that a child that's unwanted is naked. A child that is unloved is left naked, but a child that's swaddled is loved. So Mary, they might be in absolute poverty and rejected, but she swaddles the light in love. And the idea is this, in baptism, all of us are swaddled with a baptismal robe. So we're the ones with our lives supposed to swaddle the world in love. Love that. We're the ones who carry that tradition on. Or the angels. The angels fill the sky. And actually in the Greek what it says is it's an army of angels. And the reason why it says army is that Caesar has his army. At that time it was the largest army in the world. But the child, the light... The child has a much larger army, except he's not going to conquer through violence and terrorism, but through love and forgiveness. And so the angels come to the shepherds and say, look for the beloved. Look for the beloved that's in absolute poverty. That's amazing. And when the angels say to them to go and see, it's written in the Greek in the plural present. So it means the angels are speaking to us, all of us, now. You, look for the beloved, now, swaddled in love. And we're the ones who are supposed to swaddle. And the message goes out to the shepherds. And just because, just, I love this. The mass I actually had in the night is called the shepherd's mass. You're the shepherds. But the shepherds symbolize those who are humble and close to the earth. So the opposite of the shepherds, in case you didn't know, is the Pharisees and Herod and the priests. Herod, he only cares about power. The priests only care about prestige. And the Pharisees, yes, they're religious, but they're the angry religious who just want to say, oh, you people and you people, condemn people. Notice the angry religious. They don't make it to the presence of God. The ones who make it to the presence of God are the humble and those who are close to the earth. So we're supposed to be the shepherds. I love that. So we celebrate the Feast of the Nativity, hoping that we'll continue that. To me, the most important part is that it says it happens in Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem in Hebrew means the house of bread. In Aramaic... It means the house of flesh. So in heaven, in the temple of heaven, in the center of heaven, there's an altar. And on the altar is the bread of life. And the prophecies is when the Messiah comes, the Messiah will give us the bread of life so that we can have eternal life, uh, God's life in us. So he's put in a manger. A manger is 
not a barn. A manger is a feeding trough. The bread of life is put in a feeding trough and we're the sheep. We're the ones who can gain the presence of Christ in us. Bethlehem means house of bread. It also means house of flesh. And if you're a member in the Old Testament, there's this whole thing about the flesh that will come down from heaven. That's Christ. And so in Bethlehem, the flesh from heaven has come down. And so we'd say, well, really, Bethlehem is the Catholic Church and the manger is actually the altar. That's where the bread of life is going to be placed. So us feeding on the bread of life is saying, oh yes, Christ did come among us as Jesus and stayed in the presence of the sacraments. So that, as I said, we don't need more laws and rules and regulations. We don't need another self-help course. What we need is Christ to be born into us. That's what the world is waiting for. And so, as Grandmother Spider told her children, we must form a web of light and love over the earth and protect everyone's life. Then we really celebrate the feast of the Incarnation, God becoming one of us. What a great visual. With Christ born in us, we can become part of a web of light and love for each other and the world. Thanks, Father Len. And thanks for listening to this episode of Life Lessons from Jesus and the Church He Founded. We welcome your comments and questions. It's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. My address is irish at wwgproductions.org. That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or text or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. That's 208-391-3738. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. And the lifeblood of Wrestling With God Productions comes from generous donors who support our mission. Now it takes lots of time and money to design, record, edit, distribute, and promote the podcasts we create. If you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash WWG Productions. That's givesendgo.com slash WWG Productions. And you'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. Thanks for your support, and thanks again for listening. See you next time.